Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. So it's uh, Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. At the home of Martha and Mary, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so far so good. <laughs> amen, amen, right. So hello, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Miriam. Um, so I'm a small group leader here at St. George's, um, and I've been at the church for about the last seven years, having lived on and off in Leeds for the last 11. It's always a challenge when asked to introduce yourself, but maybe I'll start by saying, I'm a planner. Well, sometimes. Since I was 18, I've traveled the world, and mainly by myself, I had the adventure of living in multiple countries. However, this means that when I go on holiday with either of my sisters, by default, I become the planner. But sometimes, despite all of this preparation, I get things wrong. I miss things because I'm not being present in the moment. Sometimes preparation only gets you so far. Let me give you an example. Years back, my older sister and I went to Barcelona. Now, there is a castle in Barcelona situated on top of a hill overlooking the sea. Handily, there is a cable car that takes you to this castle. I was prepared, I had a map, I had the street names for the route that we were taking from the hostel to the castle, I knew the opening times for the cable car and the castle, and I knew the price of the tickets. I would just like to add as a disclaimer, this was all back in the day where I did not own a smartphone. And the concept of internet whilst on the move was just that, a concept. I'm not old, I promise, I just don't like technology. Anyways, I couldn't find the entrance to the cable car. I could see the cable cars going up the hill. I could see the cars methodically trudging people up and down, but I couldn't get there. And so we walked. I dragged my sister up the hill for two hours in 30 degree heat. We made it, but suffice to say, I now have a reputation in my family for not being relied upon for directions. I was too caught up in my planning. Looking back, I realized that I was too focused. I was too reliant upon the preparation that I had done. I didn't stop and take a moment to look around me. I didn't take in my surroundings. I wasn't able to just be. And as a testament to this, on the way down, the route, the entrance of the cable car was alarmingly obvious. 
So it's a funny story, perhaps, and an insight into what it's like to go traveling with me. But let me ask you, how often do you stop in life and just take in your surroundings? How often do you get caught up in the planning that you just forget to be in the moment? How much do you seek to please others around you so much in searching for control, you lose sight of the people you're with and why you're with them in the first place? The passage today challenges us to ask these questions, for in it are two sisters with two very different approaches. Before we look more closely at the passage, let us just pause and pray. And so, Father, we ask that you speak to us this evening through your word. Soften our hearts to enable us to hear your voice. Lord, we willingly give ourselves to you afresh this evening. Challenge us, teach us, and grow us to walk more in step with you. Amen. Our passage begins with Jesus and his disciples on the move. For once, Jesus wasn't turning up unannounced, but he'd been invited by Mary and Martha to their house for a celebratory meal to thank him for raising their brother Lazarus from the dead. Our passage reads, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Here we join the meal. We see Martha welcoming Jesus into her home, and Mary sat at his feet. At the time, it was custom for a rabbi, otherwise known as a teacher, to have a group surrounding them, knelt at their feet, adopting the position of a disciple, adopting the position of listening and learning. And this is exactly where we find Mary. Jesus had raised her brother from the dead, and Mary wanted to sit and learn everything she could from Jesus. This is powerful imagery because at the time, traditionally, women were not disciples. It would have been completely inappropriate for Mary to adopt this position. The hospitality culture of the Middle East means that Martha's actions Mary's actions, sorry, would have been looked upon in outrage. But Mary, in her eagerness, is forgetting custom. In her eagerness to just be with Jesus, to be in his presence, to be learning from him, she ignores the duties that society has placed upon her. However, breaking with what is customary does not come without challenge. The passage continues in verse 40 with a challenge from Martha. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Mary has broken custom by sitting like a disciple at the feet of Jesus but Martha has broken all of the rules of hospitality. For in her distress, she is attempting to embarrass her sister in front of all of the guests. 
She's gone as far as to even ask Jesus himself to intervene in a family dispute. That's like the passive aggressive action of tagging someone in a WhatsApp group chat to call out that they haven't yet responded to your message. We've all been there. However, the approach backfired for Martha, for she did not anticipate Jesus' response. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. Everyone would have expected Jesus to validate Martha's comments. For what Mary was doing, after all, was far from acceptable. But instead, Jesus' response was surprising. For instead of rebuking Mary and telling her to help her sister, Jesus validated Mary's desire to sit as a disciple and learn. Jesus praised Mary for her desire as a disciple, as a child of God, to want nothing more than to sit at the feet of her heavenly Father and learn his ways, hear his teaching, and understand his character. It's powerful to note, though, that Martha isn't being called out for her desire to host. No, it's her attitude towards it. But there is a time and a place for planning and preparation and a time and a place to just be. Jesus is calling Martha out for how she has let herself become distracted by the logistics of hosting rather than allowing herself to be present in the action of hosting. For Martha's worry has distracted her from the primary purpose of the meal, to celebrate Jesus. Ironically, as I was preparing for this evening, I was distracted by the use of the word distraction. And now, it just seems like an unusual choice, but the original Greek word for distraction is actually perisapo, and it refers to being pulled or dragged in different directions. And so, when we read it with this in mind, we can see Martha's motive for calling out her sister in a whole different light. For Martha so wanted to be sat with her sister at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning, but she was being pulled by the custom of the time to serve and to prepare. But in this distraction and worry, she left no time for what is the most important aspect of hospitality, being attentive to the guest who happens in this case to be Jesus. Martha's worry and distraction for everything to be just right, her focus upon the preparation of the meal meant that she was prevented from being truly present with Jesus. Through her resentment, Martha was driving a wedge between her sister and herself. Through her focus upon preparation and perfection, Martha was creating a distance between Jesus and herself. Now, when hearing this passage, you may think that Jesus' response to Martha sounded like a rebuke, but what if it was an invitation? What if the reminder from Jesus that there is only one thing needed for true hospitality is in actuality an invitation to Martha to come and sit at his feet? 
to adopt the position of a disciple alongside her sister. Jesus holds a value for Martha beyond what she can do for him or how well she can do it. How often do we try and justify our worth by our actions? How often in our striving to mirror the character of God do we forget to just spend time with God? Jesus values Martha for her identity as a disciple, as a child of God, not for the earthly things that she can produce. The same God who fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish did not need an extravagant meal from Martha. No, instead he only needed her, and she in return only needed him. But it's important to state that our distraction in life, our busyness, can come from the noblest of intentions. Maybe we want to provide for our families, we want to serve our neighbors, we want to please the Lord. Where would the world be? Where would this church be without its Marthas? Scripture calls us to serve, to bless one another in abundance in this way. But if all of our activities leave us with no time to be still, to be with God, to hear his word, then we're likely to end up troubled and anxious like Martha was. We're likely to end up with a kind of service that is devoid of love and joy, a kind of service that becomes resentful of others. Within this passage, we read of how Jesus is inviting Martha to be with him. He's inviting us to be with him. For in Mary's example of sitting at the feet of Jesus, we are reminded that this is the one action, the one position of being that can never be taken away from us. As a disciple of Christ, we can never be removed from the presence of our Savior. However, is this an invitation that we readily take up? How often do you stop in your day and turn to listen to the Lord? How easily do our working days even allow for such a thing? In life, we have a choice of whether to adopt an approach of working for or an approach of being with. Martha had the approach of working for. She worked tirelessly to provide for Jesus by preparing the meal. But Mary had the approach of being with, to just sit and be present with no agenda. There is a challenge within these two approaches to perhaps, like Mary, stray away from custom and expectation so that we can delight in just being with God. But preparation is important. Don't mishear me. Jesus spent his life here on earth working for his people alongside being with them. The two approaches of working for and being with are not mutually exclusive. For Jesus worked for the kingdom of God, preparing the way for us through salvation. He worked for us so that we could be with him. But remember that invitation from Jesus to adopt the position of a disciple. Jesus was inviting 
Martha and Mary to just be with him because in that moment it was the most important thing to do. But how do we do this? How do we adopt the position of a disciple? As for Mary, it was easy. Jesus was incarnate and she could easily sit at his feet. Well, discipleship is all about building the kingdom of God. It's about bringing together God's family here on earth. It's about imitating the life of heaven here where we live. It's hospitality at its finest. As Christians, we're called to love one another. To do this, we need to follow Christ's example of coming alongside one another, of building relationships, of being with. In heaven, we have that great assurance that we will be with God. Heaven is a place of being with God and a place of being with one another. However, I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait till heaven to be with God. I don't want to wait till heaven to adopt the attitude of being with our God. For heaven isn't a place to be preserved and reserved for a later date. Eternal life has already begun. And as Christians, Jesus is inviting us to imitate and initiate the life of heaven here on earth. He's inviting us to be with him now. And we can do that for the Holy Spirit can meet with us here and now. The Holy Spirit can dwell within us. The Holy Spirit is already dwelling within us. As Christian scripture says that God's living word, his people are a temple of God and that his spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Therefore, we are never separate from him. We are never set apart from God because the barrier of sin has been torn down due to the saving grace of Jesus. This living truth, this knowledge is surely transformative to how we accept that invitation from Jesus to just be with him now. When we look again at our passage, neither Mary or Martha's role should be discredited. Listening and doing are both vital for a sustainable Christian life. In the same way that inhaling and exhaling are both vital parts of breathing. Receiving God's word and serving his people are vital parts of being a disciple. The role that Mary had in being with Jesus at his feet or the role that Martha had working for Jesus by preparing a meal are both crucial and to be praised. But how often do we do both in balance? For how often do we forget to breathe deeply, matching the intake of air with the exhale of breath? How often do we try to serve without being nourished by God's word? For without it is like waiting for a harvest of good fruit from a tree that has been uprooted. Like Mary and Martha, we could call Jesus a guest in our lives, but he's also our host, who has abundant gifts to give us by the power of the Holy Spirit. But how often do we listen to what God is saying through his Spirit? How often do we pray? If we continue reading the Gospel of Luke, we immediately in chapter 11, verse 1, get taken to a moment in time where Jesus himself is praying. 
where Jesus himself is being with his Father. When asked about how to pray one of, by one of the disciples, Jesus responds with the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. The passage continues in verse nine with, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It is through prayer that we can be with God. But furthermore, it is through prayer that God can be with us. It's relational, it's two-way, and Jesus has given us an example in the Lord's Prayer of what that can look like. Through the Holy Spirit, God is always with us. God has given everything we need to access the Father through his Son, Jesus, through salvation on the cross. Anyone who seeks the Father will find him. God has made it easy for us. He's made it easy for us to be with him, for he delights in being with us. Take that example of breathing. It's something that we have to do to survive, but we don't actually think about it. There's a separate part of our brain that just makes sure it happens without us having to consciously put any effort in. The action of praying has been likened to the action of breathing. It should be regular, second nature and easy. For it's speaking to God whenever and wherever. It's innate to us as Christians. It forms the natural fabric of who we are. When we climb up a hill, maybe that hill in Barcelona, our breathing becomes a bit more labored. We're a bit more aware of it. Similarly, when we face struggles in our life, we become a bit more aware of our prayer life. It becomes a bit more focused. It can reveal to us the ways in which Jesus is coming alongside us. But ultimately, prayer underpins everything we do. It's part of what it is to exist as a human because it's part of our way of being with God. Psalm 73 verse 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? As there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. In our passage, Mary desires nothing more than being with Jesus. Martha may well desire this also, but she's left distracted. It required an invitation from Jesus to come and be with him. In the same way, Jesus wants to meet us in our distraction. He has invited us to be with him in prayer through the power of the Holy Spirit, to hear from him through scripture, and to actively participate in a relationship with him. So I want to leave you with a question. Are you distracted? 
Are you being pulled in too many directions to the point that you're not allowing yourself to just sit in the presence of God? We can easily misdirect rest. We can easily fill every moment of our day with preparation and working and doing and not allow for any space to just be. For when was the last time that you sat alone with God's word, with the Bible, and heard what he had to say? For the Bible itself is ultimately God-breathed, it's God-inspired. When was the last time that you sat with no agenda, just waiting to hear what God has to teach you? When was the last time that you prayed? For it is being with the Lord that our hearts desire above all else. But rarely do we pause and just be without distraction. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.